Uh, if you have your copy of the scripture, I invite you to turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. We're looking at verses 1 to 20, really, but um, I'm just going to uh, read verses 9 to 15. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. We'll begin reading in verse 9. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, uh, with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Let's pray. God, I thank you and I praise you for the precious gift of your word. And I pray, Lord, that you challenge us, Lord, through it today. Speak to our hearts and challenge our lives. God, you know each and every one of us and the message that we need to hear. God, we pray that you speak to us, direct our lives. God, thank you for your life, for the freedom that we have because of you, and for opportunities to celebrate who you are as our great God here today. Lead us now, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of my favorite stories that you may have heard uh, before, it's um, quite a a famous story about uh, Easter in America one time, but it's one of my favorite stories, so I'll share it with you this morning. Uh, A Sunday school teacher in America had... uh, was preparing for Easter, and so the Sunday before Easter, uh, she sent home each child in her Sunday school class, she sent them home with an empty plastic egg. Okay? And she said, next Sunday morning, when you come uh, to Sunday school or to church, I want you to come with something inside the egg that represents what Easter means to you. Okay? So each child took the little plastic egg home, and when they come back the next week, they all had their little plastic eggs, and the teacher sat down, and as the, each child would open up their egg... Uh, she would try to explain some of what that, um, the symbol inside meant. One young child brought a tiny flower, and so uh, the teacher talked for just a moment about how Easter is about new life and life that springs forth uh, at Easter. And uh, being in the, the northern hemisphere, it's a time of, of spring in which all the flowers and trees, everything's coming back to life. And uh, so it's a great time to celebrate the new life. And so this little girl had brought this tiny little flower. Another child, as uh, they opened up their egg, they unfolded this piece of paper and they had made uh, a drawing of Jesus on there. And uh, the teacher just talked about, about Jesus and how he is the true meaning of Easter and, and all that he was willing to do for us and giving his life for us. One uh, child put a little tiny nail inside the egg. And so the teacher talked about how Jesus was nailed to the cross and made this uh, uh, this example. Another put a small pebble, and, and then the, the teacher talked about the stone that blocked the, uh, the tomb of Jesus, about how uh, when the ladies went early on the Sunday morning to, uh, to anoint Jesus' body, then they found that the stone had been rolled away and that he has risen. And then the teacher was shocked when uh, he opened the egg of a seven-year-old little boy named Brian, who was a mentally challenged boy. 
And when she opened this, this egg to see what was inside, she found it was empty. And she, uh, sorry, the, the teacher felt that um, maybe he had done something wrong and put this, uh, this child in a, a terrible, embarrassing situation. And so the teacher just quietly put the egg aside and didn't say anything. And then the little boy, uh, Brian, piped up himself. He didn't wait for the teacher. And he said, no, no, it's, it's full of emptiness, just like the tomb of Jesus. And uh, I thought, what a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful testimony in uh, what Easter is all about. It's not about the cross or about uh, the nails. It's about this empty tomb because we serve a risen Savior who death and hell and the grave could not hold him. It couldn't keep him. He rose victorious. Uh, Christ, our Redeemer, is risen. And uh, how beautiful it was this morning to celebrate that with the, the sunrise service, the sun rising in the background, some lightning and showing the power of God uh, in the background. We serve a risen Savior. And uh, so we've come to celebrate that here this morning. And uh, we want to talk about some, how Christ uh, died for us, yes, but he also rose again for us and lives victorious for us uh, and is coming again for us as his church. And this will conclude our, our series on the, the passion of Christ or the suffering of Christ and how he has suffered for us, but also how he lives for us. And we want to talk first of all how Christ rose victoriously. Now, verses 1 to 6 tell this great story about how these ladies were coming to anoint Jesus' body with spices, as uh, was their custom. And as they're walking along the, the road, they start thinking, well, hold on, how are we even going to get in to see Jesus' body? Because there was a massive stone rolled to seal the tomb, and none of us are strong enough to move this stone. And then as they get closer to the tomb, they see that the stone has been rolled away. And so they, they go inside, and, and verse 5 says, As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were very alarmed, as you would be. They walk in this tomb, and Jesus isn't there. They see this young man dressed in white sitting on, at, at where Jesus' body was. And he says, Oh, don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. But he's not here. The one who is crucified has risen. He's not here. Look and see the place where they laid his body. We, uh, we celebrate on Sundays and we worship on Sundays because we serve a risen Savior. We want to honor Christ who rose from the dead that Sunday morning. Uh, so no longer is the Sabbath, as often mentioned in the Bible, as a, a day of rest and a day we can keep holy. Uh, no longer is, for Christians is the Sabbath kind of that holy day, but Sunday because Christ rose from uh, the dead on that Sunday. And we celebrate that we serve a God that death and hell, uh, death had no hold on him. Now, the disciples of Jesus, the, the very followers who had walked with him and talked with him uh, for these last few years, and they'd seen him do so many miracles, they'd seen him do such ministry, they couldn't believe that he'd risen. They didn't understand what was going on. They had seen him crucified. Now, I've had many people tell me through the years, oh, if I was around back in Jesus' day, I would believe. Of course I'd believe Jesus. He said he's going to die and raise to life. But, I mean, how many people have you seen raised back to life? 
They, people, even when Jesus was talking to them, they had no idea really what he's talking about when he's saying his temple is going to be destroyed, but in three days I will rebuild it. They didn't understand what he's talking about. And yet they had seen Jesus go through this, this awful, awful death, this terrible death on the cross. They'd seen him endure all the, the persecution. They'd seen him endure the, the beatings. They had seen him die. They had known that his body was taken off the cross and they'd seen it being placed, or they'd known that, that Joseph had placed it in his tomb. And so they're grieving and they're mourning the loss of this friend. They're grieving and mourning the loss of the king who they've just been celebrating who he is and following his teachings and following his leadings. But Jesus was no longer in that tomb. They were mourning and grieving when Jesus was walking along and uh, ahead of them. This angel says, oh, spread the word to the disciples that Jesus is risen and uh, tell them to go ahead into Galilee and Jesus is going to meet them there. He's going ahead of them. He's just going to go ahead and, and meet them there. Death could not stop him. The stone could not hold him. Nothing has more power than the God we serve. Isn't that great to know? Nothing has more power than the God we serve. Now, death is a pretty powerful thing. Death is something that, that all of us are going to face at some time if the Lord doesn't come back uh, very soon. Each of us may experience uh, a time of, of death. But that is just a physical death. The Bible says this physical death, for those who trust in God, our great and powerful God, that physical death really has no sort of power because our life doesn't end with that. We have an eternal life with God, our, with God, our Heavenly Father, because of Jesus Christ. Any who trust in Him, who have faith in Him, death is not the end. Now, the disciples here thought death was the end for Jesus. They thought, that's it. He's gone. The one we trusted in, the one we would followed, is gone. What are we going to do now? But that was only the beginning. Those three, three and a half years or so of ministry on, on earth for Jesus, that was only the beginning. We have an eternal life with Him for any who trust in Him. He not only appeared to these ladies, He appeared to a couple other people uh, on the, the road to Damascus uh, heading through the country. And they, they didn't recognize Him. And He walks along with them and, uh, and talks about the Scriptures and about uh, reveals Christ to them through, through the Old Testament and through the scriptures they're aware of. And he sits down with them and has a, a, a meal, and as he breaks bread and prays, he, they recognize who he is. And then he disappears. And they run, and they start telling the disciples as well, you, you won't believe who just broke bread with us and who just had this fellowship with us. You won't believe who was walking and, and talking with us. And as he was talking to us and, and telling the scriptures to us, our hearts were just burning within us. Jesus was with us. And again, the disciples don't believe. Jesus not only rose from the grave, but, but he appeared to many people. He appeared to these ladies. He appeared to uh, these couple men on the, the road to the countryside. He appeared to uh, the 11 disciples who were there. He uh, appeared... Uh, again, to, to uh, a second time for, uh, for Thomas so that he could see for himself that Jesus was risen. Uh, the Bible also says that Jesus appeared to over 500 others who, um, who saw him walking among them and leading and teaching once again. And Jesus teaches us a thing or two about power. Because, man, that's power, isn't it? Not even death 
could hold him. Nothing could stop him. But I want to say, not only did, did Christ rise victoriously, but Christ restores completely. You see, what Christ did for us on the cross, all of that suffering, all of the, the pain that he endured, his willingness to take on our sin and to bear that on the cross bought our freedom and was able to restore us a relationship with God. We are a sinful people, a people who do a lot of wrong. And that wrong separates us from God. And we'd be separated from Him for all of eternity without a holy God. We are a sinful people who cannot make our way to God. There's always that, that gulf that uh, sin holds between us and God. But Jesus Christ was willing to take on Him our sin, pay the price for that, so that we could be restored uh, to fellowship with God. How He wanted it from the very beginning. God created man so that He could have fellowship with us. He wants us to, to walk with Him and talk with Him. And uh, we, we sang uh, the great song this morning, He lives, He lives. You know, we, He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. God wants to have that fellowship with us. And we can have that for any who trust in God, any who put their faith in Jesus Christ because of what Christ has done for us on the cross and because we serve a God who didn't just die on the cross but rose victoriously over, the head, over, over death, uh, conquering all for us. We serve a God who restores that fellowship between the sinful man and our holy God. And we have a God who offers salvation to any who believe. Isn't that great? Because I don't know about you, because I think you guys are pretty amazing. At least you've got me fooled. But I mess up sometimes. You know, I, I know in my own heart, in my own life, that, that there's, there's sin and there's wrong. And it's hard for me to believe sometimes that someone who is so perfect and so amazing would love me that much to give his life. Because I know, I know that I couldn't get there on my own. I know that I have no right to step in the presence of a holy God because I have sin in my life. I'm, a, I'm a, a sinful and a fallen person. But God offers salvation, freedom, eternal life to any who will believe because of Jesus. It's not because I've paid the price for my sin. I couldn't pay enough price for my sin. Christ has paid the price for that sin on the cross. He died for that. He rose victoriously and now offers salvation to any who will trust, to any who will believe. Not because we deserve it, but because He is a gracious God. Now, He doesn't force it on us. That's another great thing about grace, isn't it? He doesn't make us into little religious robots who have to follow Him. And He goes, you're going to heaven if you like it or not. I'm going to drag you there. Now, he may want to because he loves us and he doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to suffer. But he loves us enough to give us a choice, even when it breaks his heart, even when he sees loved ones, people he loves, his dear children, his creation. He sees some struggling in sin. And he says, oh, if you'll just turn to me, I will turn your life around. He sees families being broken apart because of sin and he says if you just turn to me i will heal and i will restore and i'll make things new oh he sees people die and be separated from him for all eternity and it tears his heart it, 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 he, he mourns and he grieves that choice but he gives it to us as a choice because he's a gracious god 
He's not willing that any should perish. Some people say, well, how could a loving God send people to hell? God doesn't send us to hell. Our sin sends us to hell. But God offers us all life. He offers us all a choice for freedom because we serve a living God who says, I have paid the price for that sin. I've been there and done that. I've ticked that off the list. All that sin is paid for. All you have to do is trust in me. And you can have life. You don't have to die because of that sin. You don't have to be separated from God. I have been there and done that for you. All power is given to you to to choose life and to hope. And God has given us the power as Christians to share His love and grace with others. His Holy Spirit lives within us as Christians to teach others of His love and His grace so that when people see our lives, they can see that we are changed and transformed by God's grace and His Word and His life speaks through us to the heart of others. Isn't that an amazing thing? It's an amazing thing about the church. Now, those who have trusted in Jesus, they've given their life to Him. The Holy Spirit lives in our heart and speaks to others, speaks to the heart of others, leads others to His great love. Jesus shows His authority. And He's the creator and the sustainer of all who by His grace and His holiness made a way for us to be made right with God. He's the only one that could. He restores us completely. But finally... Christ not only rose victoriously and and restores completely, but Christ challenges us sincerely as this church. Verse 15 is is a very short verse. It's one of the shorter ones in the Bible, but it just says, Go, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But boy, that's a challenge. Saying, let your life, let your words... Let everything show what God has done for you. Tell the world that Jesus lives. Tell the world what the Savior has done for you. Many of us don't let that light shine. Some of us, we come here and we sing the songs and we we love the times of celebration and we clap and some of you might even dance or half dance or whatever we do uh, on Sunday mornings. But oftentimes when we're in our workplace or we're at the shops or you're sitting at the bus stop or wherever, we fail to let that light shine. And God gives us opportunities all the time to talk to people about God's love or to show God's love to others, to reach out a hand to someone in need, to show love, to show mercy like Christ shows to us. Here he's talking to his disciples who didn't even believe that he's alive. He tried to tell them. We talked about that from Mark 14 on. He's meeting with his disciples. He's trying to tell them what's going to happen. Then it all happens just like he says, but none of them believed. And these ladies are coming to them saying, you won't believe who we just saw. Jesus is not in this tomb, but there was an angel there who's saying, he's risen, go meet him in Galilee. And they're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. And then these two men come in and say, you won't believe who was just walking with us and talking with us. You won't believe who just had a meal with us. And then he... He broke the bread and, and he, he disappeared. And they're thinking, okay, yeah, right. They just didn't believe. But Jesus talks to these disciples who didn't believe. And he, he appears to them in this, this locked room. He disappears and he says, Oh, ye of little faith. He rebukes them for their, their lack of faith. He rebukes them that they wouldn't believe the testimony of others who had seen him, who he purposely appeared to him. And then he gives them that challenge. Go into all the world 
and preach the good news to all creation. Because the good news of what Christ has done for them became real to these disciples. The good news that Christ is risen and He's living and He's victorious. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a good leader. This is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who radically changes any who will trust in Him. And so He says, I am that one. I've now shown you that I am Him. I've now shown you the power and the authority that I have. Now go and tell the world. I want to say, church... We need to be reminded sometimes of the powerful God that we serve. We need to be reminded that we serve a living Savior who's with us every day, who walks with us and talks with us, who leads us in life. And we need to be challenged to go out and and to preach the good news, to tell the good news to all creation, to tell that we serve a risen Savior, to tell that we serve a God who changes our life and continues to change our heart and our life every single day by His love and His grace and his mercy. We need to live differently to let God's love and power change us so that others are drawn to him through our words and through our lives. I want to challenge you guys this Easter. Go out and let your life, let your life shine out the good news that Christ is risen, that he is victorious, and that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords with all power and all authority. And yet he offers you grace. He knows you completely, the mistakes and all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and yet he still loves you completely and shows you grace and mercy because Christ has paid the price for you and he offers to you life and hope and freedom. That's what Easter's about. Celebrating the freedom and the hope that we have because of Christ. Celebrating the grace that we're given in our great God. Let's just pray. Dear God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. I thank you and I praise you, God, for opportunities to celebrate your goodness. And God, I thank you for the life that you have shown to so many. Not only rising victorious from the grave, but appearing to to many, showing them that you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the one who brings salvation. You are the one who brings peace to any who will trust in you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that eternal life Your grace, God, is not just given to those who are righteous or those who are right or those who have money or whatever. You offer to any who will trust in you. For you have paid the price for all sin so that any and all who trust in you can have life and salvation and secure eternal life with God. Thank you, Lord, for all you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, that we serve a risen Savior and help us to be challenged as your church to live out your love in our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.